Ladies and gentlemen, here's another episode of the Disguise Royalty for You podcast featuring the Authentic You podcast. I am here with my boy Joe. Um, what's going on, bud? Oh man, I'm super excited. I appreciate your time for this too. Dude, totally. Um, so Joe here is some dude, not just some dude, he's a dude that I seen at the gym probably five years ago fucking these weights up and then I was like man this guy looks like you don't want to get in this guy's way and then COVID all that bullshit I think I might have fell off get back into the gym I see this guy the guy's a fucking stud now <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> and that's it, how I, I see it, it. <laughs> but what's up brother give uh, us a little bit of intro about who you are um so my name is Joe Caputo I'm uh I am one of those guys that you uh it's interesting if you at different points of my life if you've met me um, I've been different people and I think that's like a weird thing for somebody to just come out come like right out and say but at the end of the day um, you know first and foremost I'm a I'm a husband I'm a father of two um, I love business um, I've been a drug addict I've uh, I've been a business professional um, I've been 400 pounds and I think that was, you know, probably one of the times you saw me a few years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm just an, an authentic person. I'm just a, a normal average Joe, if you will. Um, but, you know, I, I, um, I really enjoy spending my time with, with people and connecting with people. And um, I started my podcast and I know that's how you and I kind of just started our, our, our conversation a few weeks ago. Um, just to be authentic. And uh, I'm trying to live my life like that and trying to share that type of story. And um, I'm lucky enough to have some perspective, I think, on different avenues of life that maybe not a lot of people have been able to experience. Uh, I'm 34 years old. And uh, and like I said, I'm a father of two. I have an 18-year-old daughter, if you can believe that. And I've got a 13-year-old son. And so, you know, the life I'm trying to live right now, um, you know, is really designed on, on on trying to be a good, good, good father, good person, mm-hmm. good human. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so again, man, I'm just I'm thankful for you to, to have me on this pod to, to tell a little bit about my story to merge our two podcasts that I think are very similar in so many different ways and what we're trying to both personally accomplish. Totally, totally, yeah. man. Um, <clears throat> so, so I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I, I saw you when you were bigger, and then I've seen your dedication and I've seen your your trans your transformation. But to be honest with you, I. I remember looking at you in the face and I remember seeing a different person Yeah. than like the way I see you now, you yeah. know, and, and tell me a little bit about like how you overcame all the weight and like what, what was that tipping point with your weight that you were like, you know what, this is no more, like this is a no longer, like what was that feeling or what was it that, that was eating you inside to go like, you know what, I need to make a change, like. You know what, man? You you probably hit it the the nail on the head a little bit there. Um, you know, again, if you met me at a certain point in my life, you you probably and then meet me now, you'd probably be like you're mm-hmm. like a, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the person you're describing, and I I feel like we all have this. We all totally. have this um, this person who we we maybe perceive uh, to be the true self, and and it's not always that. But you know, I was I was a a 400 pound man, um, who loved to work out, but I would just, you know, I was, I was a little lost. Um, emotionally I was probably depressed and didn't realize it. 
and I'd work out from a from a perspective of wanting to be strong and wanted to be perceived as like the manly man mm-hmm. um you know but I was insecure mm-hmm. that that's the truth the reality was I'd always been a big guy you know mm-hmm. and and as a big person you know I'm six foot four almost six five um there's actually a joke there I can't <laughs> I, I can't even you know when you meet a real six five person you're like I'm just like a quarter inch short um <laughs> You are massive, though, bro. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I'm, um, you know, I graduated high school. I was, I was six four, three hundred and thirty three pounds, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I struggled with drug addiction at that point in time, and ended up, uh, you know, getting clean, and then putting on because I was depressed. I just put on a lot of weight. I'd eat. I would eat. I would focus on work. You know, I'd work sixteen hour days. Get what off. were you doing at that time? I was working in hospitality, um, oh, so okay. like hotel management and. Mm. And uh, I work for a transportation company that does like valet, bell, and all that. But it's very long hours. And especially if you're the type of person who's trying to progress in a company, you know, you, you, you give it your all. And, um, but I was depressed, man. When you met me, I was, like I said, I was 400. Maybe, maybe at that point I'd already started to lose some weight, but I was definitely depressed. Uh, had a lot of anger issues, a lot of insecurities. And I think what what's interesting is the tipping point for me was that, I knew that that wasn't okay. And, uh, and then, like I said, mentally, I thought I was big, strong, secure, you know, and, uh, I go to the doctor to get like a, a normal checkup and the doctor comes back with all my results and he's like, listen, um, you know, you're borderline diabetic. I really should. I'm thinking about, you know, officially determining that you are diabetic. I need to put you on these cholesterol pills. You're going to be on these for the rest of your life. Um, Fuck, how old were you? At that point, I was 20. This was in 2000, um, 2016. Oh, shit. So you were like 28? Yeah. Yeah. 28, 29? Yeah. So, you know, he was just like, you're going to have to be on this for the rest of your life. My grandma had just passed away from, from, from some of those high blood pressure, you know, cholesterol issues. My dad had, had just had some heart issues. Um, my sister right now, she's, you know, she's 40 years old. She needs a heart transplant. It runs in our family that we have a bad, mm-hmm. um, a blood clotting and high cholesterol, a lot of issues with, with that. And so, you know, I'm just sitting there like thinking I'm this big, massive, strong man, but what, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got two kids and I got to go home and talk to my wife and say, you know, Hey, like I got to be on these pills for the rest of my life. Mind you, I just recovered. I'd been recovered for, for a period of time. So anything to do with the doctor, anything to do with medicine, anything to do with putting something into your body. Like I'm just really not okay with it. It just, it, it for whatever no, that's, reason, that's, that's how you should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, how, it just, it, if you ask me, that's how people should be. You know, I feel like sometimes people are quick to just be like, give me something for, yeah. What's the easy fix. You know what I mean? Yeah. That and, and not change my, you know, I don't want to change anything about me. Just give me a magic. Yeah. Pill. Just give me the magic. Pill. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I was kind of at. I was just like, and, and I, mind you, I'd, I'd been trying to lose weight for a long time. I had, I tried every diet known to man, but I I tried probably five six diets, and I'd go from being four hundred pounds to like three fifty, and then back to like three eighty five, and then back down to like three thirty, and I would just go through this like fifty pound like plus minus game, and it just nothing would really stick. But that hit home, you know, and so I was just like, well, what can I do? And um, I think I put that pressure on myself. I think the switch really got changed because it became more of a life or death situation, even though obviously I wasn't going to die. No, but that, you took it to that, um, like severity or that type of, um, 
Dude, it was, it was 100% a, the, a flip of a switch. It was like from day to night. Like I was like, I got to do this or I'm going to die. And I just kept thinking <laughs> thinking that. And uh, and everything man, everything that I talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, to my drug addiction because that's a real live or die situation. When you overdose, you legitimately do die, right? Like oh, you, yeah. you, you go through those experiences. And so for me, I was just like, how could I, how dare I? Like how dare I survive a scenario like that to then just eat? And, and, and put myself through, you know, my family through a potential position where I, like, I'm going to pass away because of fucking food, you know, like, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like seriously. So, so I, dude, I went, I just, were you I, married at this time? Uh, you know what? We weren't, we were, but you planning, were already with, we already, this is like the best story. Cause I know, I know you're like, you know, a faithful man and, and, and a God, you know, uh, focused individual. And, uh, I wasn't. But in 2016, this happened in February. In April, I got baptized uh, okay. because we were getting married at the end of the year. I wanted to show my wife, like, I was dedicated to getting yeah, married yeah. in the Catholic Church, which we're, we're Catholic. And uh, I was raised pretty much Christian. But then, you know, I, my wife and her entire family, they're all Catholic. And I was Hispanic? like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do I'm gonna do this the right way. So it was crazy. And, you know, sometimes I really think maybe it was just God was at the right place at the right time. And, and that's 100% and it just, what it was. And, and doctor gave me the notice. February, I, st- I watched every documentary. I have watched every documentary known to man. I that's mean, a case of what people who don't know what that's called, like he's saying, it's called divine intervention. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 100%. It's exactly. It's like when God comes into your life and just goes, boom. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. Yeah, focus. And, uh, but yeah, Feb- February, I, I got that diagnosis. I started, watched every documentary, read, I've read every book, every, anything about fitness. I, I got my personal training certificate. I did nutritionist class. You went deep in the, pit. I went all in, man. You I went was, in the belly of the beast of fitness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I can uh, see it, dude. I can see it. And I see you at the gym, dude. Guy just showed up to my house and said he did a half a marathon this morning, <laughs> 13 miles. And I saw him go from uh, elliptical to treadmill to yeah. we were jumping around. And I was like, this guy's serious. Yeah. You know, I think I feel like it's um, it's one of those things like if you set little goals for yourself. You know? Yeah. Okay. And so like today I was just like, I don't care how I get there, but I have to hit 13 plus miles. Mm-hmm. And it's just that was the that was the goal. And that like was the decision. But but where we kind of started going with this is. You said you saw me like mm-hmm. a different way, right? I and I and I and and I really think if you look into people's people's eyes mm-hmm. and the way they carry themselves and the motions that they have, you can really start to determine like who needs help. Of course, you know. And they I say and the I, eyes are the windows to the soul. And, you know. And at that point, like man, I was lost. Like I didn't want to talk to people like at the gym. I didn't. I didn't even want to talk to people I didn't know. I didn't want. You know, anybody probably why we never met earlier. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I was not not yeah. somebody you honestly at that point. I probably wasn't even somebody you'd want to meet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I had anything to any real value at that point in time. You know, honest. I think I think yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I I honestly try to to look at my life, you know, in different like avenues of of um, you know who I was at that period of time and who I could have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I look back five years ago and i'm like oh, i'm proud of who i am today who could i be five years from now and i it's true man i think not, i don't think enough people realize who they could be no know? dude i mean i just did a little post of myself a year ago dude yesterday 
it was my wife sent it to me and it was a picture of me in my wheelchair dude when I was broken and then um, I got so many hits people were going like whoa dude I can't believe that was you just a year ago I was like dude I wasn't I wasn't joking I was in a wheelchair for like three and a half months dude I was in, like withered away bro like you look at me I have more pictures I'm gonna post I'm so skinny bro like I lost all my body like just atrophied the whole thing and then I mean you just know what that does to your spirit you know I knew that I was gonna get it back like I knew mentally I had the fight but like during the process I was like god this sucks you know what I mean yeah it, it gives you a lot of um, appreciation for people who really do have long term physical oh yeah challenges or or, or, or or like you think of people who have like an illness you know what yeah. I mean and, and they're like their time is limited and um, real quick before you go on I love everything you've said though so far um, I want to know more about, or I want to get into uh, your uh, drug addiction, but um, real quick, uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, when our backs are against the wall is where we produce the best results. 100%. And I've always been that guy too, dude. Like, when life is squeezing me, just fucking putting pressure on me and just like, I'm about to blow, like, is when I just go through these transformative periods of my life and... People who know me, dude, have known me to be like, bro, I walk away from people. Like I've, yeah. like you said, like I've gone through phases of pe- of myself and I don't judge it. People judge me, but I don't judge it. You know, I accept it. And because you know why? Every day is different. Look at the seasons. Look at the climate. You know what I mean? Every summer is different. Yeah. Every winter is different. And we're no different. We are part of that movement happening. And, um... I don't know. I don't know why that is. You know, I wish that we could be more proactive and be more in tune with that, or more in align with that force or whatever that is. But I know exactly what you're talking about because I've gone through those things, and it's when you're like, literally, like it's like you treat it life or death. It's when you're just. I mean, dude, it's weird. Like how you've seen me so much in the gym right now lately. A lot of it too is my inspiration is to be back to where I was. You know what I mean? And, and just be, you know, feel like a tiger again. Feel like I have fucking attack, you know? Like, I was feeling so down, bro. Like, like I didn't even feel like I could, you know, do the stuff I once could at one point. You know, now I'm starting to turn around. But, you know, I definitely know what that feeling is. And for the viewers out there, you know, if you're if you're going through something like that, all I can tell you is keep your head up and keep changing keep fighting you know that that is change happening to you and and you got to allow it don't fight it and you yeah. probably understand that right don't yeah. fight it kind of understand it see it but now if you could use it and write it it's going to be better than if you try to fight it because i see people who resist it and it's like dude like I say, like it's divine intervention happening in your life at a moment. Like quit trying to do bad shit or quit trying yeah. to do the wrong things. You know what I mean? Like change, turn, turn the page. You know what I mean? I think it's also a talent. I think, oh, yeah, um, totally. I think people haven't, not everybody can, can, can realize this, but when you go through different trials and tribulations and when you've come out on the other side, a lot of people focus on just maintaining that and moving forward personally and some of the most successful people that i know learn to control it and channel and actually get themselves back in that same mentality and so there's plenty of times where you know i'll put myself back in the mentality of of someone who's 400 pounds 
or I'll put myself back in the mentality of somebody who just came out of an overdose or, you know, the scenario you're talking about, you know, um, similar kind of scenario where I ended up, um, you know, I, I ended up having a tummy tuck and couldn't work out for a good, you know, eight weeks. And, um, that was challenging. Well, yeah. And you put, so if you put yourself back in that mentality and that feeling and that experience that you had, whatever it is, that's a talent. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and it's a mastery. A well, sense of mastery. Yeah. And like what you said, you know, sometimes when people have their backs against the, the, the wall, they perform better. And so imagine if you can channel that when your back isn't against the wall, oh, but yeah. you pretend you are, mm-hmm. you know, what can you accomplish? Oh, it's endless. Yeah. And I, and, and some of the best results I have, you know, in the gym and, and I feel like it's, it's kind of unique cause like the last like year and a half specifically coming out of the, out of the tummy tuck and, and re getting myself back into the same kind of program that I had, you know, I've accomplished so much more because every day I'm, I'm challenging myself today. Like you said, like I decided, I was like, I'm going to the gym and I'm not going to stop until I hit 13 plus miles. doesn't matter how I get there. It doesn't matter if I actually physically run 13 miles straight or if I do a five mile run and then jump on the elliptical for a mile or two to break it up, you know, yeah, and then yeah. go, doesn't matter. What matters is I'm going to get to 13 miles. Did I want to stop at some point in time? Absolutely. <laughs> like a hundred times probably. But I just, I put myself back in that going. mentality of like, what if you couldn't run? What if, what if you couldn't accomplish this? What if somebody else, you know, needed you to accomplish this for whatever reason, you know? Totally, dude. And, and that's a power, like you said, that's a really powerful mind. To, to walk with and to, to be able to flip that switch and go like, all right, no, no fucking pussy shit right now. Like, yeah. go, go, yeah. go, go. And then like control that little monkey mind inside and just kind of be like, just, just go. And I, and, um, I know anybody who is pretty physical out there kind of can relate to what that is, you know, but, um, touch on the 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 drug addiction that's like crazy too dude like yeah. you battled weight and then you said uh, before obviously that you were an addict yeah yeah so you know obviously um the story is sensitive and and so if i get emotional like just bear no, with me here no, but um so so um i overdosed twice when i was 19 uh, i overdosed on my 19th birthday i overdosed two weeks later and um you know, my drug, my drug addiction spanned everything from cocaine to crack to heroin. Um, I would do like shrooms and some other stuff in between, but nothing really like that. It was pretty much primarily crack and heroin, which is, Uppers. dude, it's, it's funny. Cause like one of my friends, like I have the conversation. I just, it rolls off the tongue. He's like, bro, I can't even, I can't even imagine saying that and like not feeling like ashamed to some degree. I'm like, Oh, like I get it. Um, so here's the scenario. Um, I, I've, I've grown up pretty fast in my life. So, you know, when I was five, six years old, I was like the type of kid that was like having my own garage sales. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was like 10, 12, my mom would have tons of parties at the house. We were entertainers. We had like a house that was very much for entertaining. And I would like, we had like a little bar in the house. I'd pour shots and like pass them out to people. And then once they got a little Play drunk, bartender, once they got a little drunker, I would ask for dollars, you know, for the shots. And then, <laughs> yeah. but then, you know, you're, you're 10, 11 years old. You start looking around, you see people taking shots. You're like, let me try one. So I started drinking very young. I, I started drinking. I was probably like 11, 12 years old. Were you heard of a big guy? Not really. Um, maybe 
I, you know, it's kind of yeah. hard to like kind of back to that. But yeah. but looking at my 13 year old son, if, uh, yeah, he's a big kid. You know, yeah. so if I have to think back, yeah, I was a pretty big kid. Um, <laughs> so I started drinking when I was like, you know, 11, 12. Um, and then when I was like 15, I started going to parties with people, started smoking, um, just weed, just whatever. Then I started selling weed. And then it turned into like a little business and I'd sell like 40s. I was like 16 and I had tattoos. And so I made like a relationship Nickel and Diamond. <clears throat> with a liquor store where he would sell me like cases of 40s. Um, and then I would sell them for like parties back when I was in high school. We had party crews. And then it elevated to then I started selling weed. And then I started working my first job and I was like in a little booth and people would like drive through and pick up weed. And then, you know, naturally it just kind of kept elevating and uh and then it turned into into a full-on drug business that i that i was running in high school and i always had like this don't touch don't do it yourself you know especially coke but you get to you know i was 17 years old bunch of my my parents moved and we had like our um our landlord at that time made the mistake of renting our a house a five-bedroom house out to a 17 year old so I had this house and I was had, you? it was me. Oh. So I had a bunch of buddies. Some, some of my friends were a little older than me. Um, so they had already graduated a year prior. And then the rest of us were graduating that year. So I had this house, 17 years old, right out of high school with a bunch of, a bunch of buddies. Bunch of buddies. It just became a drug house. We yeah. Would, we would throw all these parties. We would do all these drugs, you know, and, and, you know, if you're selling Coke, you start doing Coke. And then unfortunately, um, like a very traumatic situation happened for me. I lost my best friend, my, my best friend, not to drugs or anything like that. He, um, he had a motorcycle, um, at 17 years old. He, um, didn't have a license. He got into a chase, uh, a police chase, um, and a driver pulled in front of him to try to stop him. He hit the back of the truck. He ended up in a coma for four days. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. And then he, and then he passed. And to be honest, I couldn't deal with it. Um, I, emotionally, I, I couldn't deal with it. I was 17 years old on a bunch of drugs. Um, I have like the abandonment kind of issues because my dad uh, left when I was young, and and uh, and I just I just felt fucking robbed. You know what I mean? My best totally. friend had, had had left, and that's no reason to to get onto drugs or to do anything like that. But that really elevated it. You know what I mean? So was he your best buddy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've oh. been friends since we were like six years old. Oh fuck yeah. So. So what ended up happening was it just snowballed for me, you know, no pun intended on the, on the drug conversation, but like, I literally just started doing more and more and I'm a big guy and I just like, I just went all in, you know? And so what started as like a, something I was trying to do to make money, uh, then turned into a habit and then it just, and I was just like, how far could I push this? And I really was like in pain. I was just in so much pain because I'm 17 years old. My parents had moved. Um, where did they move to? They, they moved out here actually they they lived in Sun City but I was I was in Anaheim oh. like Garden Grove area and so they weren't far but you know I was I'm the type of person that it just felt like, it, it felt far it felt far but you know I'm also not the type of person like if I'm in a deep hole like I'm not gonna reach out yeah. you know so back then Sun City was like nothing out there dude. there was nothing I know nothing. I remember Menifee was like full, it, was just, it was, just yeah, yeah. was just dirt yeah just desert yeah so so you know to kind of make a long story short um. I just, I got into like a deep hole and I couldn't get myself out of it. And so I was like, believe it or not, during work days, like during the day I was, I was fine. I'd go to work and like, I would high performer, right? Mm-hmm. Get off of work, have a party, do a bunch of, of drugs. <laughs> drugs next morning, go back and then just, I would repeat this whole process. And, uh, 
this opportunity came up to move to Monterey. And uh, I was, I turned 18 at that point and it was a salary position. And I like raised my hand. I was like, I want this, right? Like I'm going to move away. I'm going to put this all behind me. Like I'm going to move to another city. Right now I'm 34. At that time, 18, 18. So it's so crazy, bro. Yeah. I was working in, uh, in Monterey. Were you? Yeah. In Salinas. Oh shit. Yeah. It's just funny how like. Could have met, could have met at different points. Yeah. Or like we were probably like, just didn't even know, but we were probably going the same directions and we didn't even know that it was happening parallel, like parallel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, life's always intertwined. People are, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute too, about how I met my wife. (laughs) How I met my wife is the same story. Uh, But so I moved to Monterey, thought I'd put everything behind me. I was like, all right, I'm going to get clean. I'm going to get clean. And for like a year, I would try, man. I would quit, start, quit, start, do this whole thing. Well, when you would quit, how long would you quit for? Like a week? Not even. Okay. Not even. Yeah, you were bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was deep in it. Uh, it, it got a little worse. What word. was it, the age? Uh, the heroin was the hardest, yeah. That's what I mean. Was that, yeah. what, was that what you were like really like, oh, yeah. fuck, I need this? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you, I would, I mean, I'm also a, like... I, I feel like I'm a high performer. And so what ends up happening is like when you go in, you go all in, you know? And so, and, and you have an addictive personality. I very, very Mm -hmm. much. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so what ended up happening was on my 19th birthday, we came out to visit family and friends and, uh, we had a good time. We even went to like Disneyland and we're like getting high in the parking lot and stuff like that. Nothing crazy. And then, you know, we go back to the hotel and everyone goes to bed and like, I'm just sitting around like, Looking ready to go. Yeah, I could, I could do <laughs> yeah. more. And uh, and I experienced my first overdose. You know, I oh, that, uh, at I, Disneyland. I, actually, in my hotel room. So oh, so so in my hotel, we had finished Disneyland, got back to the hotel at like I don't know one o'clock or whatever. Everybody everybody that I was with, like they go to bed. I'm just like Ooh. fiending. So so That's I end up making a bunch of phone calls to people because I grew up in 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 that area. So I made a bunch of phone calls, found a connect, and it was probably laced or something was wrong with it. I'm sure. Um, and uh, all I remember is blacking out and waking up, and I'm choking on my own vomit. I was butt naked. Where uh, were you? I was in a hotel room in Anaheim. Who yeah. took off your clothes? Uh, probably me. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, right? That's scary. Uh, I had uh, I had I had pissed and shit myself, and I was throwing up. And so I was like, never again. Right? I'm gonna get clean and just kind of like that same. So story. nobody knew. Um, some of the guys that were there knew. Yeah, they knew about it. And what they they left? I mean, they're partiers too. That's what know? I'm saying. They bounced up. They we all we all carpooled. We ended up going back together. Okay, so when you woke up, were they there? No, they weren't there. No, we had different rooms. Oh, we so you were just rooms. in a room by yourself? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's scary, dude. Yeah, but that's that's the other problem. Like when you're a drug addict, like yeah, you find you're not ways even thinking about. No, you you don't care. You don't care no. what other people think, and you find ways to. If you do, like I did, I actually did care. Like I, I would hide it from a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people knew I would, I would do things. They just didn't know how bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And uh, and I, I always wanted to be perceived, and this kind of goes to our conversation, like earlier about just like how you want people to look at you. In that sense, I wanted people to look at me as like, wow, this guy's. You know, he's so professional. He's like, yeah, look yeah, at him. Yeah. He's, he's authentic. He's, he's 18 yeah. years old and he got a promotion and he moved. Yeah. <laughs> good for him. The rest of yeah, us are yeah. going to college, but he's, yeah. he's already got a salary job. Want to be a good guy. 
dude, I wanted to be the hero, yeah. you know? And, uh, and that was my first overdose. It was, it was embarrassing. It was sad. It was disgusting, you know? Um, so what whole, happened? So you freaking... So you, I go back. You, yeah, you, you what, but, but what happened? Like, you take off there. Did you get some more drugs in you that day? No. No, no, oh, no. Okay. Yeah, usually not at that point. I mean, um, I really should have gone to the hospital. Yeah. Get I, hydrated, I, get yeah, an IV in Yeah, you. I really should have gone to the hospital. Um, but, you know, you're not, I'm 19 years old, like young and dumb. And, uh, I ended up going back, uh, we had, I had work and a couple of the guys that, that were with me, they, they worked with me at the same place. And, uh, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out another three days go by. I'm using again. You know what I mean? Less stuff, but yeah, still using still back on. And that's a problem. Like when you start using, when you start using multiple different drugs, you're just what's happening. And I talked about this on my podcast on, on an episode with one of my friends who was a drug addict with me. Like we both were drug addicts. He's clean. I'm clean. Um, there's different stages of being a drug addict and there's different purposes. You know, for me, I was doing it to just try to escape myself. I wasn't doing it because, you know, I have, I had a bad life or I financially was in a poor position or, you know, I just was doing it to just try to relieve my pain and I would Mm -hmm. do it by myself, you know, versus talking to somebody. I couldn't have a conversation with people. I didn't want to share with people that I was in this deep, dark hole. And, um, two weeks go by and, uh, and there's actually this play on this, this number four slash 14, 14 is really the big number. My friend passed away on August 14th. Um, I experienced my overdose on my birthday, October 1st, but then on October 14th, which is exactly 14 months away from when he passed, uh, I had my second overdose and this one was the bad one. This is the one I post about every year. This the one you mentioned about you try to smoke some. Yeah, yeah. So what ended up happening was I was at a party, and uh, again I was trying to stay away from 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 uh, heroin and and just try to focus on like other party stuff. Yeah, as if it's even better. <laughs> You're like, and I'm uh, gonna focus on the H. I'm gonna focus on this other <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna focus on this. Yeah. So Wild, so dude. so what ends up happening is um, I uh, we're partying all night. We're doing coke, and it just wasn't enough. And I was so messed up. I was drunk and high and I was just like, I'm going to try to cook. Now, mind you, I'd never done it myself ever. Crazy guy. So, so, so we, we didn't have any baking soda. So I find Ajax. Oh God. And the guys are, they're all doing their own thing. Like they're over it. Right. Yeah, like yeah, they were yeah. good with the, they were good with, with what coke. they had. And I'm just like, no, it's not enough. Um, and, and how much honestly had you had? Oh man. I like how know. much if you just at like least, at, at, least an eight, at least an eight ball to myself. Oh, fuck. Yeah, at least yeah, you were fucking, I was, I was, you I were was gone. gone. Yeah, yeah was, you I were gone. gone. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, you're no. just like at that stage. You're going so fast. And and this is when when uh, uh, opioids had just started taking over. So I'd done some that night too. I just don't know what, and I don't know how much. So I don't know what I like overdosed some on. Yeah, I, but I don't know how much, honestly. Like yeah, I really yeah, yeah. don't. But this was like a. Where are you taking it? Like just popping it? Uh, no, we'd break, we broke it up and we'd put it in with our Coke. <laughs> and snort it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I shouldn't laugh about it, but it is kind of funny now. Um, you got to be able to laugh at it. It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was a fucked up time, but it's yeah. like you think how stupid it was and how you're like, oh, yeah. what the fuck were we trying to do? Yeah. What were we trying to achieve here? Well, in all honesty, I mean, at that point, I think I was... I think I was just borderline trying to kill myself. I just yeah, didn't at that point, yeah, you, you yeah. fucking just I was just going into. Spiraling. I was just trying to see how much I could do. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. just like, what could what Fuck, could dude, I do? You're a big guy. Yeah. So <laughs> so what ends up happening is I I make this really crappy like blue Ajax Coke 
ball and I try to smoke it. Oh my god, dude, this is fucking brutal. And and I as soon as I hit it, like like I feel all my breath go out and I just see like I just see everything like a TV screen just go boop and I'm just out. And the next thing that happens is I like like wake up, you know, and I'm like in this fucking dark room. So in Monterey they have these like it's a they're not it's not like a basement, but most of the because there's like swampland, most of the apartments are up on a second floor mm-hmm. and then they have like the garage on the first floor. So it's basically yeah, yeah, a garage, yeah. but it looked like a ba- it's like a dark basement. And so I wake up in this fucking pitch black room. Is that where you did it? No. No, they drugged me down there. These guys, so what happened was I black I whether my heart stopped, I blacked out. When my, you just lost consciousness. I oh, lost yeah. consciousness. They everyone who was there that day, you know, I've talked to some of them after, some of them I never talked to ever again. Uh most of them thought I was dead. They they legitimately thought I had a heart attack and died. So they checked my pulse. They didn't feel anything. They thought I was dead. They freak out. Everyone's fucking high. And there was only like four of us. There was other people that showed up after though. Mm-hmm. And that was like a whole nother thing. But these guys dragged me down these steps because the cars are down there. It's a garage. Yeah, dude. Nobody carried you. No. They nobody dragged me down. You. No, and my chest was on fire. My back. Everything hurt. So I know they, they dragged, dragged me. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... I just hear I hear one of my friends crying. Um, when you wake up? Yeah, I hear him crying. He, there, he's upstairs. I hear another one of the guys, like, this guy's a fucking dick. And this is, like, one of the guys who, like, would sell and buy a lot of the stuff. He's sitting there, like, we got to take him somewhere. Like, we got to take him somewhere. Like, oh, he, God. we can't. Like, we can't. Like, and so they're, they're, like, you know, and it's this is all, like, this happens all within, like, a two-minute period of time. But they're talking about everything from taking me and dropping me off at like this like corner area where it's like very bushy and swampy and like just dumping me there. They're talking about actually taking me back to my own apartment and like trying to put me in my own place. So you listen to these guys yeah, first before yeah. you well, went I'm, up and I'm said, also, Hey, I'm alive. Dude, I'm also really fucked up. Like I'm like yeah. literally like trying to stand up, trying to hear, trying to see like, yeah, yeah you're like, fucked. you're like flickering in and yeah, out. Yeah. I was out. really fucked up. But you're catching like glimpses of these. I'm bumpers. hearing all of it. I'm hearing all of it. Dude, that's fucking um, crazy wild, dude. Then I start hearing them like go they're really. They're plotting on fucking well, then how to perish you. Then they're talking about like the place that they were going to drop me. They're like, dude, if we drop them there, we should just fucking cut them up, put them in a bag, like fucking. And this guy's high. He's not thinking straight. No. I don't think they actually would have done that. No, no, but they were just fucking watching the movies and seeing what they did Dude, in the movies. Just, it's just up. like, it's one of those scenarios where like, I think back on that kind of thing. It's like, it is funny, but also like at the same time, I'm like, what ha- what would have happened if I wouldn't have woke up at that point in time? Like, Oh God. You know what I mean? No, dude. Another, um, another divine intervention with spirit was like, dude, get up, get up, bro. Up. Wake up, bro. Yeah. So, so. Um, so I wake up fully and go upstairs and I'm like a fucking bull in a China shop. Like I fuck these dudes up and oh, grab did? my, yeah. And grab my buddy who's there and we, we leave, we leave. He's crying his eyes out. He's, he's all fucked up. Um, he's never been the same. Is that uh, the guy that got straight or no? No. No. Um, is he still fucked up? Uh, the other guy, we, we don't talk anymore. Oh, okay. We don't talk anymore, but he was super fucked up. The guy that was crying. Yeah, oh, we don't talk okay. anymore. We're not friends anymore. He continued on a, on that path. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I I, I go back to my apartment and uh, and I go to the calendar and and 
this is two overdoses in two weeks. So I circle, I just go to the date and I circle it and it's the 14th and it just hit me like, oh my God, like I could have died today. Like legitimately I could have fucking died today. Like in, in. Maybe I did, and like I, I you still probably have, did die for a and, little bit, and, dude. And, and, I, and I, well, in in true sense, man, um, you know, I still have night terrors. I still wake up. Um, I have to like reach out. I have to touch my wife mm-hmm. in my bed. I cry in the middle of the night. It's I sleep four or five hours a night. You like, have like a little bit of PTSD. Hundred percent. Yeah. which to, is which is not. Should I say not? not normal if you've gone through something like that yeah know? yeah i used to have to take before like, before like melatonin was really famous like i would take like or zequil i would take like actual night quill to go to sleep for like years like really for years i would take every night to go Wild. to bed um so so i've battled the night terror aspect of it and my wife has helped me a lot i've gone to therapy i've done a lot of stuff to like treat Heal. it and the thing i like the most about it though I actually don't mind the like PTSD part about it because it gives me the truest sense of appreciation for what I have today. Because sometimes there are times in my life where I will honestly wake up and be like, what if I did die that today or die that day? And like, today is my heaven or like, this is, this is my heaven. Because honestly, my life since then has been fucking amazing. Like obviously I have bad days just like anybody else, but you know, I have a calendar at my house that I mark every single week. And I just think like, and I have like the day that I overdosed marked in red and I look at all the, like the squares and all the weeks that I've lived. And I'm like, man, how lucky am I to have this life? You know what I mean? hundred percent, man. And you're, 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 you're living more in gratitude. hundred percent. And then, and, and, I, and then I really go deep on it. And I think like, man, like I'm a dad now too, you know, 10 months after 10 months uh, into being clean, I, I met my wife for the very first time. Um, when I hit my one year mark, um, she was. I you did, guys just been together. We had just started dating. Yeah, so you, we, it was pretty big still in your life. Like it was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. We she called. I was very close to actually overdosing, or sorry, uh, to, relapsing. to relapsing. And uh, and I and I met her, and she called me on my birthday. Uh, like so, I uh, my overdose and my my sobriety date is October fourteenth. My birthday is October first. So on my 20th birthday, a year later from my first overdose, uh, me and my buddy were losing our apartment. We had to move into a fucking shared room and it was like just a shitty situation. And I literally just all day, I just kept thinking like, man, you should just go get high. Like you should just fuck this, fuck this. Like you're almost to that one year mark, but you know, like the devil on the shoulder, you know, just, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my cousin and her were working together and my cousin convinced her to call me just to wish me a happy birthday and made my fucking day, you know? And it just reminded me like, Oh man, like you don't know like what can spark, you know, and change your perspective. But that helped me. And then two weeks later I hit my one year mark and I was clean. I was like, damn, like I have, maybe I can start dating this girl. Like her and I talked on the phone for like a month straight. How, wait, how, how did you connect with her? So that's like a, it, it's a funny story. So, um, me and her, she actually, her, she was my cousin's boss. So my, my wife, uh, was my cousin's boss. They worked at Claire's out here at the outlets and, um, they were actually going to go to a, like a nightclub and I was down here visiting. Um, I was dating a girl at that period of time. We were actually engaged 
So even though I was going through all this drug addiction and stuff like that, my high school sweetheart, me and her were engaged. Did, was she along the ride for all the drugs? No, that? no. It was okay. on again, off again. and, and Okay, the, the, so she didn't really know like too much of that version of She you. No, she did. Oh, she she did. did. That's a big reason why she was off. You know, oh. she didn't want to be part of what I was doing. Got yeah, it. Yeah, she was in a, she was looking back now, she made the right decisions and thank God she did because it obviously led me to my wife. But um I she was moving on and past the party scene and I was just stuck in dark mode just trying to get fucked up all the time. And um so I was we were supposed to have this engagement party and we canceled it. And I came down to visit my mom and so I was at my mom's house and my cousin was like, "Well, hey, I know you're not having the party." but I still want to come and, and see you. Can I, can I come? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. She brings her at that time boss, um, before they go, before they were going out to some nightclub and they come to just visit me. And that's how I met my wife. Like that was the first day. So I met my wife at what was supposed to be my engagement party to my high school sweetheart. <laughs> that's awesome. And then, right. And then it happens like that though. I've heard that story before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's super funny. And, and so when we met, I was only like 10 months clean at that point in time. Like that was the first time we met. I was like 10 months clean. And then uh, uh, in October, a few months later, she uh, she ends up calling me on my birthday. Gave me like a reason to like, oh shit, like today's not that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Her and I talked on the phone for thirty straight days. So in between that thirty days, I hit my one year mark. Mm-hmm. And, and you hadn't seen her. Just uh, talking on not, the phone. No, just on the phone. That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, you guys were able to like. Actually I needed. Connect. I needed somebody to talk to. Yeah, and like actually and not connect. judge me. She didn't know me. Yeah. She didn't know me from my past. She didn't care about my future. We were just living in the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? As it should be. And that mm-hmm. I needed that at that period of time. It's like a seed, watering it, and it actually sprouts, you know, rather than just yeah. like forcing things to, you know, which is kind of, it's pretty damn organic. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. No, yeah. no, totally, dude. Totally. And, um, yeah, but, you know, Looking back, like so, I celebrate it now every year. I celebrate the anniversary of of, of the uh, the drug addiction because you know it's 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 really it is something to to be thankful for. And I like like I said, I think I live a different life because of it. So you know, I didn't really have a purpose, and I was just depressed, and I got past that. And then now I like to share it because you know I think it is important for people to realize like, you could be something. You could oh. be, you know, you could you could totally battle through something like that. The problem is I have the addictive personality. So I went from a drug addict to this going all in on work, you know, <laughs> all in. But you know what, bro? There's worse things. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And you know what? And, and, and at least you're doing something that's propelling you and now your family and your legacy. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, I don't think it's bad to have an addictive personality, bro. No. It's just, do you know what to do with it as, a, yeah. as the driver? Do you yeah. know what I mean? But you know what? Let's take a real quick break. Okay. All right. I want to give a little shout out to the sponsors, but um, yeah, we'll be right back. All right. We're back. back. All right, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Piss break, water break, (laughs) battery break. But um, back to what we were saying, give me some, uh, so we talked about the drugs and you, how you pulled out of that. That's a fucking you know gnarly what? one. Yeah. And I'm, Is there I'm, something you want to go touch on before we keep going? Well, no, I, you know, I mean, 
just on that in general, like I, you know, I'm lucky in a in a big sense. I'm lucky number one that I survived. I'm lucky number two that um, I had that experience so young. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the things. Like, God, imagine having that at fucking thirty, dude. Yeah, it's tough. You, pr- and, or you probably wouldn't have bounced back the way you did. I think it's a lot more challenging because people have more to lose at that period of time. Like I was a kid, you know. And with you, all due respect, you, I'm a you, kid at you, that point. I feel that. <clears throat> I feel the older we get, we we ingrain our idealisms and our identity harder like we latch onto it we don't have enough knowledge or awareness to to, like what i was saying earlier understand and not judge yourself you know because at the end of the day it doesn't matter what people are going to judge because they're going to judge regardless yeah whether it's good or bad they're going to judge and it's do we have that awareness to be like hey this is just a phase because when you're young you're kind of still like in plato putty mode yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. where you're like what am i gonna be who am i gonna be yeah. but when you're older you've already lived and you, you you're just so focused looking in hindsight rather than looking up yeah you know? i do think at that that point in time for me um i probably cared too much what people thought because um all my friends were going to college like all of them and i and i wasn't mm-hmm. and um you know my i my my brother had already gone to the military. He was out of the house. My sister, my mom, and everybody had moved, and uh, and I kind of had no choice but to like, yo, you got to figure it out. And and then at the same time, did you want to go to college though? No, never. Absolutely okay. not even a, like one. Not even I else. knew when I was probably like fourteen or fifteen. I was like, I'm not going to college. Dude, amen. I was like, the same I, way, I was bro. like, no, I was like, no, I'm not going no, to college. No way. It's not, I knew that not, in in ninth grade. Yeah, but I, but I but I had a heavy impression. Uh, or I, I always wanted to make a heavy impression for people. So like in high school, I was like the big party boy and like legitimately, like I would be renting hotels when I was like 16 years old, throwing fucking massive parties. And so like, I had this like perception that I needed to be the party guy. And then when I, when, and, and I was always like very energetic and happy. And then, so when I got into drugs, it went opposite and I went super deep depression. And, um, and I think so like, when I when I did overdose, I was so embarrassed. Like I didn't, I didn't share that shit with anybody. I was like, I got held di- it in for a long I, time, dude. I held it in for the longest time. It I don't think it was. Too. I don't even think I shared, except for like my family and some and my wife and like people who were very close to me. Um, I don't think I even shared until I was like maybe four or five years clean. And then I started talking because it's also kind of embarrassing. Like when you start talking about certain drugs, it's hard to overdose on, on weed or or something like that anyway. So it's not like you you would be you, like, yeah, I overdosed to, on, I overdosed on, on weed. No, you had to sense a heal like from it before you can like, you know, it's, yeah. like a, it's like a breakup. You don't want to talk or mention it to the person who goes through a breakup right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it happens, like, you know, yeah. the guy who gets dumped, but then. Two years go by. It's like, remember you got dumped. Well, <laughs> you know this, I, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Though. Well, it's not the, like that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah, like no, not, no, no, it's, it's not sensitive anymore. Well, and and, <laughs> and 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 funny enough, like you know, I went from 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 drug addict to like full on work mode and hustle mode, but then at the same time, I was still battling the same depression. That depression that made me a drug addict didn't go away. Mm-hmm. So 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 then I started. So then I became an alcoholic. I wasn't even 21. I was an alcoholic before I was 21. Like. We're, the first date that I was supposed to have with my wife, like I come back, get fucking hammered, d- dude. I come right. back, so I, I literally the very first date we're supposed to have. We'd been talking on the phone for months, and 
uh, for work, I had an opportunity to come back to Southern California. I was living in Northern California during this period of time. She was living out here. And I come back from Northern California and it's a work function. I was like, cool, like work things done. You want to come drive up to LAX? Like, um, like towards the end of the night, we'll go out to dinner. Like we'll do all the date stuff. Right. She's like, yes, I get so nervous. I start drinking and like, what was the initial thought though? Like, let me have one or two to calm down. My initial like, thought was, down? or like, what was my the, initial was thought the... was I should be fucked up right now. Like I was an alcoholic. <laughs> oh fuck dude. Like I was, I went from being a drug addict to an alcoholic because okay. I thought it was better. But I, so, so there's a part. I gotta of, keep my eye on you, bro. Yeah, dude, dude, I'm telling you, I battle shit. Like, fuck. uh, there was a party at the, there was a party at the hotel. And uh, it was like somebody's wedding. I wedding crashed in. Like literally went to their free bar and just kept drinking. I drank like at least like a, almost a thirty pack by the time Dude, she got where there. Where the fuck was I? I wish I would have so, been around. So, so she, so she, she shows up at the hotel. Your wife. My well now wife. Then now wife. then not even girlfriend. We were uh-huh. just talking. And uh, she, she pulls up. She pulls up to the front like driveway. I run out there and I no joke. I go. She rolls down the window. We'd been talking for thirty days. I just go hey kiss her and go can you take me to burger king to get food i'm not even fucking around you were huge right dude fat yeah i was i was like 340 at that time like 345 and she's like uh sure so we literally go to burger king go through the drive-thru i order (laughs) off the dollar menu then i ask her to take me to a liquor store mind you i'm not 21 she's four years older than me so you're asking her to go buy you a fucking tall I can? had what? her. I had her. She, she gets a lot of shit now. Like sometimes like, you know, people are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. like I was not a successful dude at that period of time when we met. She saw through all oh, the bullshit. Man, this though. is awesome, dude. She I love stories through, like these. Dude, she saw through all the bullshit because we'd been talking for 30 days before this, like solid every day. She she's knew like, dude, who I was. You this, were like, she's like looking you were at this. great. On the phone, yeah. Like, she's like, who the, the fuck? fuck is this dude buying Burger King dollar menu? Oh fuck! Dude. Uh, asking That's me to funny. buy him alcohol. Now I made up for it. Obviously, like we, you know, later like went on great dates. dates yeah. You know, she came to visit me in Northern California. I picked her up in a limo. But way to go, dude! Like, like break the ice. Like way to go, dude! Like why be gentle? Why be gentle? Fucking bam! This is yeah. what you get. This is what you're getting. Recovered, <laughs> recovering drug addict. <laughs> Alcoholic, I did. I had. I was depressed. I had anger issues, night terrors. She got the full worst possible package of me, but to the point of like where we were going with like during the break. This is what's the fun part about having that experience when I was so young was that now, as an adult, like I have, I literally have this weekly tracker, and I mean it's a huge. It's it's called your life in weeks. And I think it's uh, called 4kweeks.com. I think you can order. It's like 4,000 weeks because like that's the average lifespan of people. It's like 78 years old or something like that. And so basically you type in your birthday and it pre-populates all the squares that you've already lived. And mm. then it leaves the rest of them blank to the average lifespan of a male and a female. And so it's different for everybody. So, so for me, I think it's like 78 years old. And, and so every week I fill in a box and I get to go, did I spend enough time with my family? Did I, did I call my mom? You know, did, did I take my wife on a date? Did I have a conversation, meaningful conversation with my kids this week? Did I do that work thing that I wanted to do? Whether it was my personal like work or my, my inspiring work and efforts and things that I want to do. Was I an asshole to anyone this week? 
how, what, what did I accomplish this week? And am I thankful for it? And there's weeks that I check that box and, and I say no to all that stuff. And I'll go, fuck, I really fucked up. And then the next week I make sure to schedule out and focus to, to spend time on those things. Um, but it keeps me grounded. And I, and I honestly, the thing is, is that one of those squares I've colored red and I can look at it and I can literally be like, fuck, look at all this life I've had. Look at all this life I still have possibly. Cause I don't know. I could fill in all those boxes. I could live each to be. Each box is a week. Each box. Each box is a week, man. That's fucking awesome, dude. And you it, know what, dude? You just fucking inspired me. Thank you. You did, dude. And you know what? And it's something that sometimes I'm fucking running through my checklist. You know, like you're saying that same checklist, and mine's probably the same three, four things. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's so much harder than it than 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 it sounds. Yeah. You know, but but. If I ask you how I've been able to achieve what I have achieved, it's because I'm feeding and watering those fucking three, four things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trying to do my best. And like I said, I try not to judge myself and beat myself up. I just always tell myself and I pray that I'm doing my best and I'm at the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, I do. And, the, and I, I don't know, but keep going. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the other thing is like, so... So because I battled through those, 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 that, that aspect, right. That like knowing like, Hey man, like I could have fucking lost my life at this period of time. I think about my friend who passed away and, um, we didn't get to this, but right, right. Um, right after I hit my one year mark, 14 months after I hit my mark. Okay. So my friend passed away August, 14 months later, I had my overdose. 14 months later, my other best friend passes away. Now I'm a year clean in a couple months. Luckily, I had my wife and several good friends around you, me was it that I could lean on. Was it giving you trigger? I was very yeah 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 because I had to look at it, and this is hard, but I had to look at it like why me? You know what I mean? Like my best friend died, I almost died, and my other best friend died, and I and I like. What are these like I, your your main dude? They were my like brothers. Your, like like we grew main, up together. The main yeah. squad. All my pitchers growing up, it all barbecues. Everything. These guys are at my house. You know, my parents and their parents would hang out. Um, yeah, we were just it was your childhood best friends, right? Like mm -hmm. next door neighbor type situation. Like mm -hmm. not directly across the street or anything, but like your your best friends, right? And uh, and at that point in time, I was just like, fuck, like. I made a promise to myself, you know, I have at that point, I have a couple of very close friends. I've got my wife and I've got my family and these people believe in me and I've got my two best friends that passed away. They're not coming back. And so you might've seen me tag this a few times. I say promises were made. Promises will be kept. Mm -hmm. I made promises to these people that are still around in my life on what I'm going to do for them. You know, I'm going to be the best version of myself for them because they, I don't know when I'm going to, I don't know when I'm going to go. I don't know when I'm going to pass. And I also don't know how much time I have with them left, mm -hmm. you know? So all I want to do is be the best version of who I can be. And, and they made commitments to me that helped get me to where I'm at. And I made commitments to them that I'm not going to give up on myself and I'm not going to give up on being the best version of myself that they knew I could be, you know, and that's, that's something that, that, that motivates me, mm -hmm. you know, 
And so, yeah, man, that, that tracker and, um, that mindset, I mean, it's probably the one thing that makes me accomplish the most of everything. You know, it's, it's the, the thing that drives me to just like any day I'm just having a fucked up day, just a horrible day. I'll just really look at it and be like, is it really that bad? You know what I mean? Like, are you really doing any worse off than you thought you were going to? Are you are you spending the time with the people you were you said you were going to spend time? Are you working towards the things you told them you were going to work towards? And most of the time, the answer is yeah. Most of the time, the answer is like yeah, dude. So then, okay, so shit's not going as planned. That's okay. Like, but you're trying. You're mm-hmm. working towards it. You're you're putting effort towards it. And you know the other aspect of it is like some people don't have those same experiences. So as traumatic and as an emotional and as hard as it is for me sometimes to to know that I have those experiences and it's painful. I also know how lucky and blessed I am to have that, to have that perspective that, you know, at that age, you know, I'm in my early twenties, early twenties. And I, I have experiences that people that are in their forties, fifties, sixties don't have, you know what I mean? Most people lose maybe someone close to them. Usually it's somebody older. It's Mm -hmm. not their best friends. Mm -hmm. Most people have never almost died. You know, at the, at, at the age of 20. I have plenty of friends from high school that, that died from drug overdose or suicide or car accidents. Or I have plenty of those. And I think we all do. You've gotten really close. You've gotten a real close view of, of those. I've gotten close I, enough to understand uh, what it's things, like to not, to not have any of it. That's what I'm saying. But at the same sense, it's something that's it's, it's a process. Like, you know, and it's, it's funny how, like, that, that, the whole thing of death, it's a funny one to me in a sense that, that, uh, it's, uh, it's funny in a sense that, that, that day's coming for everybody. And sometimes people don't act like that day's coming. You know what I mean? They don't live motivated in a sense that that day's coming and live to their fullest potential. And, and that being said, you had a you had a you had a real close view of death and witnessing what that is and that feeling of knowing and seeing what people's dis, uh, let's call it their choices, you know. Yeah. But there was probably some that were like the motorcycle guy. He, that's kind of like that kind of doesn't count so much more of a gray area. But the people that were bad, like the ODing, like in a bad path. Yeah. You know, and you got to see that almost in a sense to like God showed you, like look what these choices have brought these people, and and it's good that you were able to take it as a strength and rather than to feel, you know, because you could have spiraled out of control in your depression. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like really, bro, you could have, you know, you could have never, you could have never even healed enough to the point where you allow love in your life. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think about that too. And people sometimes they don't, they never heal that. And you'll see why they never can get close to somebody because they're not, they don't feel they're worthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, everyone needs, everyone needs, dude, you, you probably hit it home on so many different fronts. Um, life is about decisions, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I think as simple as circling the calendar that day was like one of the biggest decisions I made because the action of doing something actually made me look at that date differently and realize like, Oh my God, it's the same day that my friend passed away. And then, Oh my God, he didn't really have a choice. Did he, that he, he passed away. So it 
it made me realize like I have I have choices I have to make and that you know those those next few days were 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 fucking tough because I had a lot more choices I had to make right you know mm-hmm. um and then you know thinking about like my family and all the the time after like yeah everything is choices now and so like making decisions on where I'm going to spend time and who I'm going to spend that time with. I've cut off, you know, so many people. I don't really talk to many people. Like, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, but I don't really talk to many people, if that makes sense. And because, you You know, know a lot of people, but on a day-to-day basis, you're a lone wolf. You know, I, 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 um, I don't want to, I, I like, you asked me at at one point, um, before we started doing this interview, if I, if I mentor anybody and I, I really feel like I do mentor a lot of people, but I, what I try to do is let them mentor themselves. I give them the path to walk on. It's theirs to walk, of course. you know? And, and I don't think a mentor is necessarily somebody the way I was, I was told is a mentor is not somebody who's going to push you. A mentor who is somebody who's going to see the greatness in you and pull it out of you and show it to you and go, look, man, you did this. Yeah. This is you. This is not me. It's almost like a, it's a coach, you know what yeah. I mean, in a sense, but not really to where they're telling you, hey, do this, yeah. do that, or live like me, or do me like me, you know what I mean? Yep. And um, and I and I and I asked you that because you have a lot of mentor person or traits, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that you don't even realize you're doing. You know, you're doing them unconsciously, yeah. probably a lot of times. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, since you started your podcast, you're really starting to tap into that. And say like, okay, like this is a superpower, you know, your, your vulnerability, it's a superpower. It's a, it's a weird one, you know, cause being a man, we're not taught to be vulnerable and yeah. we're not taught to, to share feelings and, and even connect bro. Like a lot of guys are so weird on connecting, you know, if I had to be honest in my opinion, you know, and, and I don't get it to be honest, I don't get it. You know, I've always been a pretty much not really much of a thinker yeah like i am a thinker don't get me wrong i'm a thinker for sure but i'm saying like when i approach things i don't really approach them on a thinking basis i approach them on a feeling basis yeah you know and i'm kind of like that and like i've always had that type of approach to scenarios like mm, you know it's been hard for me to logically disconnect from myself from people that i loved thinking based off of my mind yeah do you get what i'm saying yeah absolutely I think um, I think people don't don't um, don't interpret their relationships enough. I don't think people really look at the they people don't who self analyze. They don't self analyze, and they don't look at the people who are who are around them, and and really look and go, is this a valuable relationship? And I and I really think you, people should. I, I think you should look at your your close group of friends. I think you should look at the people who you work with, and the job that you do. I think you should look at your hobbies. I think you should look at. Um, the time you spend on your phone, I think you should do a lot of self-evaluating and, and go, am I spending the time with, with the right intention. people, with the with right, right intentions, intention. you know, and, and like purpose. And totally. I, and uh, to the topic of like men specifically, I, I actually am very surprised with this. I, I think lately I've been able to connect authentically with a lot more men because of, like you said, the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But I think also because um, I killed my ego. A long, a long time ago, and <laughs> gone and, through some ego deaths. Yeah, yeah, and and I think part of like when you when you met me initially or or first saw me, a lot of times when people used to see me, this you know here's this big guy with tattoos, and at that point I was 150 pounds heavier or 100 plus pounds heavier, and uh, and I just look aggressive and I look 
mean and that was the ego and persona that i wanted people to see that's what i wanted them it's to funny say. i Don't can fuck it's with funny that guy. you say that you, you that's the vibe i would get bro yeah because there was times i wanted to like i would try to make eye contact with you you know I oh would, dude i was dead inside yeah like, like i would like literally look at you like like try to like make eye contact with you and like i was like oh, this guy's not trying to connect with anybody but I, I but honestly i appreciated your grind i saw you and i saw your level of determination and all i thought in my head was I know this guy's really just chipping at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chipping at himself. And, and I, I totally get that dude. You know, there's, you know, be honest with you, me personally, I'm not, dude, I've done the most socializing at the gym since I've gone through this, my, my yeah. break, but previous, I've never been a socializer at the gym. Like I see people socializing and like they're treated like community. Never really had that mentality to do that. You know, yeah. it's, or should I say it wasn't my first instinct, you know what I mean? And then, um, I don't know now like I go in and then when I see people that I make eye contact with and I see I, I have like a small rapport of eye contact with I'll go and say hi like hey good morning or hey good to see you you yeah. know happy to see you and and it's what I started talking to you that day I was like man and that's why I mentioned it to you I was like bro I've been following you yeah. kind of watching you uh for a good while and you're kicking ass dude and now it's 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 a beautiful thing dude well, super I think um what what's kind of funny is like so you you probably were still seeing me in like I don't want to say it's like a bubble but like be, after the drug addiction I focused just on work and I focused on my family right and those were the only two things that I focused on and so anybody who wanted to be part of my life in any kind of way even if it's a pure stranger just wanting to say hi to me like you weren't in there if you didn't mm-hmm. work for me if you weren't a client of mine or if you weren't my direct family I wasn't talking to you mm-hmm. and 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 then you know at that point in time, like I'd realized it, I, I had everything I wanted, except I needed to work on myself again. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had a successful <laughs> career. I have a family that loves and cares about me. I have purpose. Um, but I was still kind of lost, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and that the addiction and the, the, the addict personality, you know, it focused on things that were important at that period of time. But then I started looking, I was like, well, how sustainable is this? If I'm not working on myself, I need to read more. I need to be, become more physical. And, and then, like I said, the, the doctor gave me the, the wake-up call, right? Which is he gave me the, the next potential death sentence. It's like, yeah. did you really just survive all this shit and come this far to then be taken out because of fucking food? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. really? Like, like, and like I, fucking Burger King? Dude, and I literally <laughs> I had like a thought of like my poor fucking family, like trying to carry this like – 600 pound casket because i'm 400 pounds inside <laughs> and like they're trying novel. to like yeah like double casket double wide <laughs> Extra casket. Long yeah, casket. Dude. so so i just like dude i went deep on it i was like i need to fix myself and 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 you know i'd, I'd already reached the level that I, I way farther than i thought i would in my personal and professional career i was like way further ahead than i thought i would be at that point in time in my life and uh i was probably five six years clean at that point in time and uh and I was like, you know what, man, I, I just, I need to lose weight. And I've been trying all these different diets. And I was like, you're not trying hard enough. Something's not meshing. Something's, mm-hmm. so I had to, I had to really like kill Buckle my, down. kill my ego, mm-hmm. realize I wasn't a nutritionist. I wasn't a professional. I needed to watch documentaries from people that were professionals. I needed to go to school and learn and I needed, and I needed to put it out there. I needed mm-hmm. to get kind of embarrassed. And honestly, what I did was I started posting on social every day. I would post a story, all my workouts, all my food, everything, everything. Mm-hmm. 
because I knew if I created a cadence of accountability, I was more likely to want, because I have that ego mm-hmm. of like wanting to be mm-hmm. perceived a certain way. So I was like, you kind of use it. You I use used it as it. a tool. I used it. Yeah. That's man. pretty cool. I you know, I'd be honest with you. I don't, I don't have that like that, you know, but that's cool that you were able to grab that and like, like, like use it as like a power pack. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it just created accountability and, and, uh, and man, once, I, once the weight started coming off and, and then I started like, you know, people started kind of like they, they compliment because it's, it's rare to lose like that much weight. Even if you are that heavy without surgery, like it is because I lost, I went from the heaviest I was was 400 pounds. Then I went down to 250. So I went too deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I lost too much. I looked when I got down to like 250, I looked like I was a cancer patient. Like it didn't look healthy yeah. on me. And then I put back on probably a good 40, 50 pounds and, and really tried to work on muscle and, you know, like just gaining. How much that. are you right now? Right now, uh, t- today I actually weighed in at 280. 280. So solid. I I try to stick around between 265 is like the lowest I'll go. And uh, and I am trying to actually get back to like, I am trying to get to 265, but a very different 265 than I've ever been before. I'm really trying to work on body fat. And I was going to say like, try to like the more shredded tube. Yeah. So like the last year what I've done, so after I had, so I, I lost, I got down to 250, then I'd hover around uh, 275 to, to, uh, 300, but it wasn't like a, a muscular, like it was, I was strong, but it wasn't really like cut. And then, uh, I was like, I need to have a tummy tuck. Cause like I did everything I could possibly do and waited like six years. So I had a tummy tuck and that was the only surgery I've, I've ever had. And then I was just like, okay, now I could rebuild my body. Cause I, you have to take like two months off when you have a surgery like that. Yeah. You lost some. I was like, so now I can rebuild however I want to. And so that's what I've really been focused on um, since Dude, 2021. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying inspiring. to, my, my goal is to be like 265, like 10% body fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my lowest that I've got in this like last year of transformation was uh, 272, 12.1% body fat. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. no, it's guy your size. Yeah, yeah, it's t- it's tough, dude. I mean, dude, it's I, tough. I have a lot of respect for people who are in the bodybuilding com- oh, community because I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder, but in order to get past anything under fucking fifteen percent, to be oh, honest, bro. It's fucking, yeah, it's really your 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 life is pretty much on the calculator. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like everything yeah. is just yeah, which get, is cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. You know, um. You said something, and I wanted to touch on this. Uh, you said, you said that. You said pretty much if you weren't related to me in business, or you were not my family, or you, uh, or maybe a close friend yeah. or something, you're like I really wouldn't even fuck with you. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And I want to give you something that I've learned um, because I'm very like that. I've, I can be a. I can be a, a hermit at times, you know, and it's, I've learned a lot being a hermit, you know, and one thing I've learned is that when you desert yourself, that you're not living in a state of abundance. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've came to realize that when things hurt your feelings, things, uh, relationships don't go as you expected, or they don't play out the way you thought, or you don't get the reciprocated energy back to totally. not be to not be affected by that and to just keep moving on and that goes to the wayside yeah you know what i mean and 
and the people that get that wrath well they're not at your level of commitment and that's the only way you almost uh you get through the relationships faster and to get to your result faster yeah you know what i mean because uh there's been times like i said where i've been in the hermit and i've been closed off to relationships and i've had people that are like hey dude like you know they poke at me like you never come around or like what's up like you never come around and then i've had phases where i come around and then i get my feelings hurt or something bothers me and then i go back to the other mode yeah you know what i mean and it's i've i've been like i'm such a black or white person and i wish i had more balance in me but um i've i've came to like in a sense not master it but understand that that um that shift yeah and not be so much like that and now i you know when people come in i i reach out i reach out i reach out if it it's good it's good if it's not it's not an oh well get back out there and keep going and going and going and just show that it doesn't affect me if you don't like me it doesn't affect me if you don't want to collaborate it doesn't affect me in any way i'm just going to keep going because I've had to ask myself deep that wasn't what I really wanted anyways it was almost like just me as my human um, form trying to connect with people yeah and sometimes people get like that I think as humans we do that to ourselves and we don't know how to or we're not coached through that in a sense like our parents don't aren't probably that well at it especially depending on what kind of job background they come from if they're not in a social setting so they're very like um what is the word uh like um not mundane but very like simple schedule you know go to work come home family and there's not really the aspect of socializing and reaching out of your comfort zone yeah right so I think that's pretty cool that you you said that and that you kind of you recognize that point because I I hear people that say like oh I don't fuck with nobody I don't yeah. do this and I don't do that yeah that and comes with maturity it does it comes with maturity and then you realize that dude everybody's figuring something out some level of it out and if you were there at the moment to have the good convo and and inspire that conversation or whatever it was at that moment maybe that was it yeah and i take that as the win now yeah. as before i would get defeated by it and be like dude they never hit me back or i never heard back from that person yeah and that has been a teaching a, a little bit of a mastery for myself to 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 understand that like hey and and i've done that in myself or others you know what yeah. i mean like i've probably done that to other people too and me not even conscious of it yeah we all do it yeah. You know, here's the thing, like, um, so that definitely was me for that period of time. Once I got, once I killed my ego and got more comfortable in my own skin and, uh, now I'm definitely not that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there is that phrase, you know, heavy is the crown. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I have personally, you know, I'm not, this isn't like an ego thing, but this is a very, this is me being comfortable and confident in who I am as an individual. Um, I have a responsibility to, share with people who are willing to listen mm-hmm. um, my perspective when they want it. And, um, you know, there's been plenty of times that I've given people either in work or in a personal setting opportunities for themselves through 
through life experiences that I've had mm-hmm. in sharing them. And they don't, they're not ready to listen or they don't want to listen and that's okay. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And then I step back. Um, you know, there's been times that, um, I have gone more than above and beyond for people mm-hmm. and it not be reciprocated or, you know, I've been put in a very personal tough spot and I'm okay with that. I'm okay bearing the pain. I'm okay having the responsibility. I'm okay not being appreciated or loved because I can withstand that. I've withstood more Mm -hmm. than most people at my age or in my life. And so I'm willing to make that investment into other people, even if they're not willing to receive it yet. Um, because at some point they will, and it's happened plenty of times where I've done stuff for people and helped them along the way and they burned the bridge and they've come back and, you know, and this happened actually twice this year where I had people reach back out to me and were like, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. Will you forgive me? And I'm like, yeah, I will. Yeah. And, and that, and that's because I understand that at different points in my life, I was that person. I fucked up tons of relationships. I burned plenty of people. You know, you don't get to certain points in your life without making a lot of mistakes. You oh, know, there's, there, there's, there's, there was a period of time I'm where I made, I probably made, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe even more phone calls to people and just apologize to them. And they didn't even understand why, but I knew why, you know, and I would explain it to them and maybe they didn't even know that I burned them, but I did. You know, um, I live by like a model now, like I won't say anything about somebody I'm not willing to say to their face because it really is a bold thing. And sometimes I'll talk some, some shit and I'm willing, and people are like, you'll never say that. Like, I will say it to that person's face because they need to hear it. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm kind of like that person too. Yeah. Like I've, I've, um, I've burned relationships from telling people to their face. Like, even if I've been cool with them and I've noticed something about them and then they go barking up that that avenue yeah. i'll just tell them like well you know remember this one thing you know and i think that's why i've been really good in business because i've been able to be shrewd yeah and just be like dude like i have contractors that i work with that are older than me and they try to bulldoze me you know what i mean but i have to like sometimes stand my ground and speak loud and clear and that's another thing i pray for is to speak loud and clear yeah you know like that is something that some people struggle with like you know it's like hey no speak clear yeah. yeah. Speak your point. What's the point? Yeah, have intention. Exactly. Have what's the point that's bothering you, you know? And it seems like when you can do that, that's another superpower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people people know when they're doing their bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as soon as they sense that you're already onto it, they're like, fuck. So they already just pretty much lost the battle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Well, and, and you know, it's funny because there's like, um, I mean, there's there's tons of books and tons of, you know, uh, professionals that have these different sayings and stuff. But like the, the two that are very funny to me is like, um, one, when you hurt someone's feelings, it you can, clear, you can just tell them, hey, my intention in saying what I said was this. And you just say it in one, a one-liner. And like, sometimes that just fixes it. They're like, oh shit, that was my, my intention was to tell you blank. And then they're like, oh, well I received it like this. Well, my intention was this. And then it's received the appropriate way. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the power of vulnerability, which is like, we all have to have super tough conversations with people. And so all you have to do is just start the, the difficult conversation with the line that it is. So it's like, hey, I need to have a tough conversation with you about blank 
Mm-hmm. And you literally say what it is. Like, you know, I yeah, have to have a tough conversation. <laughs> I, have a, I have to have a tough conversation with you that unfortunately we're going to let you go. Yeah. And, and here's why. You've already pulled the Band-Aid. You've already pulled whatever the conversation. It's like... I think 99% of the time, those people that are getting the, the wrath side of this the story, they know. Yeah. People know, dude. I mean, I've 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 never called somebody out on their bullshit and them not not know. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty naive to act like somebody the, the the other person is like, oh, we're gonna fall for this. Yeah. You know, you're well, like there there is um there's a lot of delusion out there, unfortunately. Oh, and I think I think one of the things is like we're all gonna experience a point in time where we think things are happening in a certain way and they're really not and other people are sharing and you have to be willing to accept people's opinions oh totally. you don't have to you don't have to accept them in the sense that you believe that they're true but you should understand and accept the fact that if more than one person is telling you something about you or the way you're being perceived again it might not be your intention but if more than one person's telling you Maybe it's true, you know. Like maybe it's true. Yeah. Or if your doctor's or, telling you you should probably lose some weight. Okay, and, that's a good one. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, it, you yeah. Know, no, like, totally. <laughs> if your doctor's telling you and you're on medication for it, and that's a really good point. You, you know what I mean. And your body is telling you because it's you know you're having irregular bowel movements or you're having all these other cha- you know physical challenges. You're tired all the time. You're physically not able to do stuff. Maybe maybe it's time to take a look. Maybe in the it's mirror. time. Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Back to self evaluation. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. <clears throat> We've touched a lot of good stuff, dude. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. It's super. It's been deep, and what I love is to go deep. Like I do, yeah. I love it. I love it. if it's not have substance in it, I don't want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really want nothing to do with it because I believe there's just way too much surface bullshit out there, and people connect on that stuff. And I don't even understand how you have. Uh, uh, a connection off surface stuff you know what i mean i don't yeah. understand that like a true connection off surface stuff i don't know what you're getting out of that um whoever's out there I, you know you're chasing your tail and you're wasting your time yeah. you know there's start living start talking to some of these people who have some real shit to bring to the table who have gone through some real problems because i say this on my instagram stories life's a series of problems yeah. problems are going to keep coming your way it's how do you deal with them do you recognize them and are you reactive reactant to your problems because one thing i've learned is don't react just allow the problem the problem is the problem you know what i mean you ain't going to change the problem the problem is a fucking problem and it's at your door just are you gonna it's like when the problem's at your doorstep are you gonna fucking open the door and panic you know what i mean yeah no or are you just gonna open the door and just kind of watch it and be like all right I need to just um, get the fuck out of this way, get this problem's way. Uh, one thing I, I told myself and I learned this year is that life's going to throw you curveballs, okay? But one thing I tell myself, and I want to inspire you guys to tell yourself this when life is throwing you that curveball, is that you yourself are a curveball. So when life's throwing it to you, be a curveball too. Get the fuck out of the way, you know? And whatever however you interpret that interpret it but what i'm saying is don't think you're just this stuck fixed thing yeah you know what i mean that you have no you know you're not a wall 
You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, you know, it, you're not a net. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what people think when people's problems come and hit them. They think it's like, boom, it's hit me. But like, okay, that's fine. You know, if you think solution, you're going to find solution. If you find the problem, you're just going to fall in the problem. You know what I mean? And I think that that is, that's like everything, dude. There's a tipping point. And are you going to allow your shit to get tipped? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think upfront effort, you know, plays plays a big role. I don't, I don't think enough people, um, I think a lot of people love to think after the fact when they have a bad situation or are thrown one of those curveballs or like, mm-hmm. well, I would have done this differently had I known. And it's like, well, you have tomorrow. Exactly. So what are you doing to the prevent it to happen <laughs> again? You know, there's, um, I don't know if we're, we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon, but like there's not in th- any time schedule, but go. Yeah. 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 There's the, there's these three things I, I, um, I share with my team often like, uh, and I have a, I have a big team. Um, I don't, we didn't really get into like a professional background, but just like to, to throw it out there to people, you know, I've promoted uh, over a hundred salary managers in like my career, and that's awesome. And uh, and I'm very proud of that because somebody gave me an opportunity once, and I I really try to put that forward for to give people opportunity as well. Um, but you know, one of the the things that I I lean on a lot that I've learned is there's these three pillars: there's preparation, there's routines, and there's follow through. Mm-hmm. And usually, when you're fucking up or you're not moving or you're not getting somewhere, there's a breakdown in one of those three things. Either one, preparation, you're not spending enough time proactively planning for, with intention, mm-hmm. the things that you want to accomplish. And they could be anything. They could be personal, professional. They could be, you know, assignment-based. They could be whatever. Yeah. But, it's, are you putting, I know what you mean. It's like, are you meditating on these things? Like, you almost have to like, you know, the, the you know, I think a lot of the planning stuff, it's like people think planning and they think like, like when I'm planning. I don't sit at a desk and I'm sitting there with a pen and paper going, I'm going to sit here and plan. Like, no, there's times where I'm literally sitting in my space or in my truck or sometimes even at the gym, Yeah. literally, and I'll be on the bike or something and I'm meditating yeah. on, on my schedule. The things that you need to do. Yeah, and I'm like going, for. going, and like I'm such a physical person that like that's when I tap into my highest concentration. Like when I'm moving, I'm moving, my legs are yep. moving or something's moving, I'm like... I get on a train of thought and I'm like, okay, okay, this, I know when I get out of the gym, I'm going to make this call when I get out of here. Well, and everyone has a different way. And so this is like, this is like the the part of the process is like the preparation could be whatever works for you. So it could be physical. It could be while you're on a run. It could be while you're at the grocery store. It could be wherever you (laughs) want to prepare is is up to you. You know, if you want to do it in front of a computer, in front of a calendar, if you want to you know, drop a list, you know, maybe it's every day, like on your phone, you just have a notes section and you're just putting stuff in there mm-hmm. and you're like, I need to do this, this, this. Little reminders. Yeah. The next pillar is routines. And this is where most fucking people fall very short. Okay. And it, if there's one thing I personally do really well, my superpower is the fact that I'm consistent as fuck. It doesn't That's matter awesome, what it is. I can guarantee you one thing though. I am consistent because I have routines. Yeah. And it's not like the the boring routines like the main like no. What I'm saying is you need to have routines in your life for the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, the things that matter is my family, my my profession and, you know, there's people that I really care about that I want to develop and, and want to do things for. So I have routines in place to make and I want to better myself. So I have routines that are put in place that doesn't matter. I'm going to read this book 
until it's finished. And I'm going to read 10 pages every day, right? Or whatever it is, whatever your routine is for that. I go to the gym every day. I make sure to eat dinner with my family every day. It doesn't matter. Like those are the thing. Those are my routines. Okay. If I'm traveling, I make sure I'm calling my family. I make sure I kiss my kids goodnight. Yeah. I bless them before I go to bed. Right. We say prayer. I do that every day. It doesn't matter. Nothing. Nothing breaks that routine. And then the, the, the third pillar is the follow through. And this is where a lot of people like think, well, like, well, what, well, if you're preparing and if you have routines, like you're clearly going to fall through. No, the problem is that most people set goals without seeing the action because you've never done it before. You don't know what it's like at the finish line. Right. So most people will make a plan, start doing the things, the routines that are going to help them get there. And then and then they like they get so close to the finish line that they just they forget to go all the way through to it. You know what I mean? And so like it's like they lose hope. They well they get they get excited that they're close to the finish line. It's like you if you ever see like people like in competitive sports that are racing and stuff like that, it's like the people who who were in first who who magically moved down to second, it's cuz they thought they fucking won before they won. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people fall very very short and I have a solution for follow through that that whatever your goal is, when you get 75%, move that motherfucker a little further. Move the finish line a little bit further so you guarantee you finish. You mm-hmm. guarantee the finish. And 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 also the problem with follow through is sometimes people set too big of goals, you know, initially right off the gate. And so they get 25% of the way and they're like, no way, I'm not hitting that. And so like they reverse back. So especially if they have no practice in place. Yeah. So you know? so so follow through teaches you that there's no not finishing. There is no no unguarantee that you're going to hit it and that's where a lot of people they fall short and they don't understand it they don't get it and they're like dude what are you talking about I'm like listen if i say i'm going to lose 100 pounds i'm going to lose 100 pounds if i say i'm going to run a half marathon today i'm running a half marathon today if i say i'm going to hit a pr I'm going to hit a PR. It doesn't matter if... Dude, your PRs are massive. But, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> looking at your fucking shoulder press. Was yeah. fucking ridiculous. Oh, dude, dude. It got taken down off <laughs> Facebook. It said it was... Like it was 245, it, was it? It was, two, it was 245 for three. <laughs> dude, yeah. that was massive. Um, but, you know, the, the funny part about follow-through is, like, a lot of people really, like... I don't know. They just, they don't have the devotion. It's to the mental endurance. Through. Yeah. It's a part, it really is. Like what you're talking about, the way I perceive that is like mental endurance, you know, and I think that's something that you gain through your practice of your um, consistency, like you're saying. And uh, it's kind of why I train, you know, like I train mainly like, yeah, I like to look good. I don't have the weight aspect to me too much. I want to look good, but mainly for my mental strength. That's why I train. Um, what I wanted to touch on, you say something, you said that about like the 25% or the, you know, the 75%. One thing I practice is I have a journal. Okay. And my journal to me, dude, I've gone in phases. I've gone in phases where I've been really on my dialogue and I've been putting my stuff in there. And then I'll have like, you know, there's pages of it just venting thoughts I usually always hold positivity in there I really don't write negativity in it if it's already has a really good energy in it you know and what I mean mm-hmm. that is like when you write so much good stuff in it when you try to go write something negative you Just almost can't, can't. Yeah. exactly it's pretty funny and um, uh, that thing though I really 
dude, I, I hold that thing like it's worth a billion dollars. Like I, even if I didn't write in it for two days, it went in my truck and it went in my room in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like this morning I went to the gym and I took it to the gym and it's in my truck and I sat and I read my goals. You know what I mean? And I just constantly repeat those things in my head and I'll sometimes I'll not sometimes like I'll belt them like not even talking like this like I'll belt my goals in my truck yeah. you know what I mean I'll go on my drive I'll be driving and I'll be reading them out loud to myself and just getting familiar with programming my mind where I'm going because I think the more you can download what you're after it's not so much a physical thing you know people think that bro but we're not dude we're not physical like we think we are we really do i think that our mind plays tricks on us a lot and do you ever have like a coincidence in your life or like like how something's aligned so fast that you'll talk about and all of a sudden boom it's in front of you yeah okay that that miracle or whatever you want to call it that lightning speed Manis- manifesting manifest- yeah, yeah manifesting you are that too and people don't take that into consideration or apply that to their belief system is that you are that so the faster you can start writing your fucking goals whatever it may be dude and the more you repeat it the faster you're just gonna believe it and see it you know and i think like you're saying with your repetition and your level of consistency i mean dude uh it it goes it goes it goes fucking crazy because it's one thing to have it in your head but then it's when you start putting it on physical paper and then you're carrying this thing with you and you're holding it to this crazy value into yourself and at first it's like what you know yeah. for the people that don't do this or don't practice this but go listen to any great we'll tell you write this shit down follow it keep it in your heart keep it as close as you can to you because it's it's who you are and it's like anything else in your life people don't realize that the stuff that they have in their life they were at one point infatuated with yeah you know what i mean you were just infatuated with the wrong things yeah you know what i mean and it's like it's like goes to the saying like if you shoot for the ceiling you're gonna land on the ceiling you know shoot for the shoot for the stars the worst you're gonna happen you're gonna land on the moon yeah you know what i mean and and i think about that all the time like I've uh I've had instances in my life, bro, where I've like certain things have manifested and I'm like, dude, the power of these tools yeah. of, of like this type of stuff is crazy. And if you practice it, you you just like you didn't even just put ninety one octane in your fucking car. You just put ninety one octane in your car and you got a fast track path. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just fucking floored yeah. going. And I think that uh People need to wake up to this stuff and, and apply it. Like, not just say they know it, say they hear it, and not apply it. Because I can tell you right now, about 99% of the people that I know are not doing the journal. Yeah. I know you, you know, you, know a, I mean? you know what's a good solution for this, too, for, for people who are listening? So, obviously, it's good for you because you've been journaling and you, you can reference back to it, right? Yeah, well, I can see, I can see the I'm You can a, I'm see a the product. shift. I don't you know, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a testimony. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of, of what I've done, of what I've yeah. written. Like, Here, here's, a, here's a trick for people because a lot of people are motivated by results. Like, right? Yeah. Like, they, they love, 
they get into you know whatever they get into because they 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 know they see the finish line or they see what they want to accomplish but they have problems like starting it right so go on your instagram stories reels or whatever from two years ago or a year ago go on facebook and look at your facebook memories from sometimes facebook goes like 12 years back oh yeah you know what i mean and read some of the shit that you used to say because some a lot of us when facebook first came out and when Twitter first came out, so we would get on there and we would, but no, some of the, yeah. some of the stuff is definitely stupid. Like there's yeah. some stuff I've read. I'm like, what a fucking douchebag. And I would, de- <laughs> I'll like delete it. Yeah. But I'm not even kidding you. There's so many times that I'll read something. I'll look at Facebook memories and I'll say like, I'm going to do this or I'm working towards that. And I'm like, damn, fuck yeah, young man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like totally. it's a remote or I'll see a story that I did with my family and be like, damn, I. I, we haven't been mini golfing in a while. That just happened. Like mm-hmm. I literally was like, "Fuck!" I saw that. Like I was like, "Dude, we, we I was like, "We haven't been mini golfing in forever." I was like, "We should go do that." We did it, yeah. and then we did it, and it was fucking amazing. You know what it did? It re-sparked that exact same joy that I felt that day. Totally. So I encourage anyone who's listening to, if you if you're not into journaling or you're not into manifesting, you're not into, you know, <laughs> preparation routine, follow through stuff like that. That's fine. You guys all have your own way of, of figuring it out. But go look, go look back on, on your stories, you know, and take a look at it. And are you happy with the results where you're at today versus what maybe you were focusing on or you wanted, you said you were going to focus on, are you doing the things that you really said you wanted to do? Make the change. You know, what's funny, dude, is like, (laughs) it's funny you say that because I do do that. I go back and the times I was not manifesting were the times I was partying the hardest. Yeah. I never partied hard, but like just going out to bars, drinking, fucking chasing girls, like yeah. doing shit where I was literally just focused on pussy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just chasing chicks and not yeah. really chasing my dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's when I, those are the only periods of time when I look and I go, what, like, what was I doing right here? What was I achieving? I was achieving something else, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was yeah. not achieving goals and, and physical things. But you know, know and, you, and you know what, though? Like, um, I definitely don't drink as much as I used to. But, like, it's funny because, like, I do enjoy those moments, though, too. Like, I enjoy those moments of, like, getting fucked up with my friends. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm, totally. I, and so, like, I think sometimes people see, like, these these podcasts or, like, the people who are, are quote-unquote motivators or whatever and, like... They're just like, yeah, but like, how, how do you have fun? Or like, it's like, first of all, like you should live, like, I don't, I don't get excited about Friday as much as I do Monday. Like, like I don't, I'm not living for the weekend. If I want to go out on a Wednesday, excuse me, I'll go out on a Wednesday. If I want to go out on Tuesday, I'll go out on Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Like the day of the week does not matter. It shouldn't matter to you when you're going to have that fun. You shouldn't have to wait for a Friday fucking margarita. See, you're good. You're better than me. No, I'm going to give you that. You're yeah. better than me. You see, you know how I told you I'm very black or white? Yeah. You see, I, that's where I don't have my balance. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be honest with you. I fall in the other category. I'm one of those type of people like, I've got to go six months. Yeah. Like nothing. But then if I go on a vacation and I told myself, all right, this time I'm going to go have some drinks, then I'm going to have fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, I'm always having fun, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I I'm going to let it. loose and have some drinks. But like right now, like I haven't had any alcohol. Do I want any alcohol? I'll be honest with you, I don't. You yeah. know what I mean? To be honest with you, like I don't, you know, um, but yeah, but, the, but why though? Because I know who I am and I know what it brings out in me, you know? And I think that for you guys listening, <laughs> me and Joe have two completely different views on that. And that's awesome. 
it's awesome that you can embrace and and successfully move through life like that me personally i can't like i would be a fucking mess you know what i mean because i don't have that boundary like and 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 i i talk about this on my stories on instagram is i choose not to drink and i'm not saying i won't go and have a drink on a vacation with my family like yeah i'm gonna have a drink on a vacation sure why not dude i fucking gotta live once you know um but i'm not really uh a a pleasant person when I drink like yeah. I can be fun but then I get to a point where I'm like I'm not happy with myself so therefore it starts to come out yeah I know? will I will say this to like to, to, to also kind of correct course a little bit I I only drink with my best friend and my wife that's cool if they're not there no, 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 I'm not judging if, you no, 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 I don't no, think but, it's but I do I do want to actually make this kind of clear <laughs> because it is it's actually aligned with what you're saying right now I'm not a pleasant person. If I drink by myself, I'm not a pleasant <laughs> yeah, person. Saying, I cannot, dude. I cannot, I can only drink tequila. I, if I drink beer or whiskey. You don't drink I, tequila, you chug tequila. Dude, I only drink tequila. <laughs> and you went yeah, to the and gym you are, the next day, I saw I, your yeah. video, and I was like, your guy. Uh, yeah, I said, I was like, that's. You must have been feeling like death. No, dude. I felt great. I, I literally said, my superpower is I can drink a gallon of tequila and go that. to the gym the next you day. You must have had a really good meal. Some steak. Would we, you have some tacos I, I, or something good? Yeah, we did. We had papaya. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, you uh, have something good to something hold that like down. That. It was something like that. Or no. Jambalaya? I don't know. It was something like that. Something with the paya. Um, paella. Paella. There you go. Yeah. I was like, I think, I was like, what am I saying? Just the fruit? Um, but no, but but in all seriousness, I actually, when I do, even when I drink with my wife and my and my, my best friends, I, I will actually count on my hand the number of times. Hold on. All right, just had to adjust the camera real quick. Nothing major, but yeah, keep going about your uh, how you well, can handle dr- this stuff, drinking. dude. Well, yeah. dude, I think it's it's like one of these things. Like, if I drink by myself, I am not a good person. <laughs> not pleasant. No, 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 no. I definitely, do. I, I just don't. I don't like to do anything that kind of alters, you know, my mentality like by myself. Because, quite frankly, I need the people around me to kind of watch me because I could go pretty deep with it. The other thing is, I have a very high tolerance to pain pain medication coffee and like high stimulant like pre-workouts and then alcohol like honestly uh, real quick your pre-workout like do you take the natural dose or like the the recommended dose do you follow it well dude the ones that i take are like gnarly like i I take this one called (laughs) headstrong that's 750 milligrams it's 350 milligrams your of heart coffee. Feel like it's gonna jump out your chest, or you feel funny. One of my friends literally, he's like, "Dude, you're gonna fucking die,", die. Like, because <laughs> I because I it's 750 milligrams of energy blend, which 350 is caffeine, the other 400. B12. It's a mix between B12 and like green tea, which is still caffeine, yeah. and like it's a bunch of shit. But then I also take L-arginine, and Beta. I take like 4,000. I think like 4,000. Uh, I think it's milligrams. 4,000. It's like four pills. But I take that with it. Of mo- ar- ar- arginine? L-arginine. Arginine? Yeah, arginine turn, it basically opens your blood vessels. Okay, I take that. Yeah, yeah. I don't take that much, though. I take, like, the normal, whatever it says yeah. to take. You have one pill, and yeah. I'll take it four It just gets you some really sick pumps. Yeah, I take it every day. Yeah, um, I take it but every day, too. a lot of the pre-workouts now have it in mm-hmm. it, so, like, my newest... Some protein has a little bit, too. Yeah, so my newest pre-workout has six grams of it already, and then I'm taking an extra four grams, so it's ten grams, which is like the max dose they recommend. Do you ever you feel like you could probably chill? Probably, but you know what? Like, <laughs> you only live once. Yeah. Uh, but with with you're all, like, let me have my pre-workout. Yeah, you know what? Everyone around me has heart issues. I'm just gonna make sure to test mine out a little bit. <laughs> you're funny. So. Uh, 
but the but the alcohol dude I, I i literally will count on my hand so like even if i go to like even if i go to like dinner or something like that does uh, your wife give you shit if you get fucking tossed not really because i mean it's, it's not very a, it's not it's very rare it's very rare um and this is actually how i learned that i'm i'm only allowed to have tequila and i also learned that i'm only allowed to have 10 like drinks with tequila whether it's a margarita or a shot like i count to 10 but well, i'm just curious what happens if you drink beer just doesn't do anything um not really yeah just yeah, get okay. fat that's what, that's what I was yeah not really unless unless i drink like, like those uh, yeah like, like something gnarly. like 16 percent, 17 like those high you're brutal dude um but like if, dude if i drink whiskey she hates it she hates me do you have a nickname uh well growing up like in high school and stuff like my boys would call me kingpin kingpin yeah because i sell drugs and, <laughs> that's funny and I, I after school i would work a job where i wore a suit and like who when they're 16 or 17 would wear a suit you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah like, so for some reason after all these stories you tell me i'm like you have to have a nickname bro yeah if somebody has nicknamed you before yeah no most people just use like because my name like so it's joe caputo so most people literally just call like say my full name joe like, caputo yeah 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 but it's also funny because like joe is such an an average easy name joe. You know average what I mean? joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah. it's like is your name just joe it's joseph it's, oh yeah so it's joseph allen caputo Jr. you don't go by joseph though huh no, that's no. funny and even growing growing up like my family and everybody they all just called me joey so like even my wife because she met me through my cousin she calls me joey you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my daughter who's 18 i've raised her since she was three and a half and uh even when the very first time she started calling me like dad and stuff she would call me daddy joey and then eventually <laughs> she just dropped the joey and then daddy and then eventually dad as she got older cool you guys are really close i see that on your ig that you like full-on embody the role of her father yeah no 100 percent. her dad's not involved uh, like at all and um you know that's I, a pretty I, cool that's a pretty cool thing like to to do that like i never really um put too much attention to those yeah. uh, roles like for the guys that marry a woman that has a kid already but for the guys that do it and are like solid dudes i think that's awesome bro. yeah you know what it's I mean? it's fun. they're all fucked up i don't feel that i'll be yeah. honest i'm like oh fuck yeah. it you know what, right. I mean? what a shitty step yeah that's what i yeah. mean i'm like you shitty dad <laughs> yeah i don't even use like the like the step like she doesn't refer to me as stepdad or anything no no like at I don't this point you're just her. dad yeah it's just dad um i was uh my mom remarried when i was like five almost six and my so my stepdad um i i rarely call him dad but he is my dad you know yeah um his name's dave we call him dave but um he never got the role. He never his got name's the title. Dave. We call him Dave. He's, yeah, it actually is funny. He never. He didn't because you know my dad was involved. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Periodically, he they didn't live with us, and my mom and him went through like the nasty type of divorce where it was like always like painful. Yeah, it was just Long and so painful. fucked up. You know, two different Christmases, all that oh, stuff. God. But um, but you know what? I I I really did not respect that man um, or love him the way that he deserved when I was a kid. And in fact, like we, like when I was like 16, we got in a fucking fight. I fucking beat him up, beat him up. And I spit on him. It was, it was the most disrespectful thing thinking about it. Like there's certain <laughs> points in your life. You're like, what a fucking, that but was like, yeah, dude, it was fucked up. So I was growing up. I, I got arrested a bunch too. Like I, I was a bad fucking kid, dude. I was, yeah. when I was 13, I was arrested in junior high. I look at my 13 year old son now. I'm like. I couldn't even imagine him getting arrested. I was arrested when I was 13. I got arrested when I was 16 for weapon charges. Like, 
Dude. You were pushing limits. Dude, I You were was, pushing the limits, dude. I did a lot of stupid shit. You were testing life. the cage out. I was, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and I was grounded. And I called my mom. My mom was like, yeah, you're le- you can go you can go out um, to your friend's house. My friend that passed away, she's like, you can go to his house and that's it. And I was like, okay. And my, I go to leave and my stepdad's like, where are you going? And we had like the, the screen doors. I was like, I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going to his house. And, uh, and he was like, no, you're not. He didn't know that I called my mom. I was like, yes, I am. And again, I'm 16 years old. I was six <laughs> foot four, 300 plus pounds. My stepdad's like five, nine. Like, you know, it's like, um, so, so he's like, it wasn't to, even fair, dude. Bro. He was trying to like hold the screen door and the screen door. He was hiding behind he was, the screen door. He was holding door. the door on the one end and I was on the other end and That's I finally funny. just like. I kind of like let loose, so he like lowers his grip, and then I'm all boom, and it fucking hits him, and he like falls back, and I just took advantage, started hitting him, oh, and, and it was worse because his our neighbor was his boss, and our neighbor's watching it, and and then I like I'm standing over, him, I was like, and I'm like, <sighs> it was oh, God. dude, fucking shit show, did and then he I made you, yeah, he did. He was a, he's a fucking amazing man, you know. Okay. Here's the here's the thing, so. Uh, even in that situation, like I called my mom, made my mom put him in a hotel room, cost them money, like all this stupid shit. Here I am, 16 year old kid, didn't know shit. Um, you know, years later, I'm a stepdad. I'm looking around like, oh my God, like what if my daughter died? We're going to wrap it up. It's okay. Keep yeah. Going. You know, I was like, what, what if my daughter did something stupid like that? You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's horrible. So anyway, at the end of the day. What I ended up doing, like, I just, I love and appreciate my stepdad. He does so many things for, for my family, and he's never loved us any less than his own kids. And, you know, so, yeah, step parents don't get enough credit, dude, for sure. Dude, you're lucky he forgave you, bro. Yeah. To be honest, like, think about that. Like, your, uh, your stepkid doing that to you, you'd be like, yeah, you like, be like, cool, but in the back of your head, you'd be like, this fucker. Yeah. You know what this I mean? This piece of shit. <laughs> this fucking yeah. guy. Now you're all big as fucking yoke. He's like, <laughs> fuck <laughs> damn it God no, damn no, no, no man I, I i love that man a lot i tell him all the time i love him and um yeah I, I treat i treat my family really well that's awesome dude well shit dude we've been going for a fucking over an hour for sure um let's wrap this up i want uh people to get your handle um i don't know which one you want to give if you want to give them authentic or even your personal one because they could probably follow you and uh yeah you know just fucking the know abouts yeah, yeah they they can find me on um on instagram it's uh caputo c-a-p-u-t-o four the number four real so caputo for real um or um authentic underscore you underscore podcast um those are both ways to to find me and um yeah i appreciate the time man dude had a great time a lot of deep a lot of depth which is what i love to have and um Shout out to everybody who's watching, who's supporting, uh, everybody who listens on Spotify and Apple. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot. Nothing goes unnoticed. Uh, We're both very grateful to have you guys listening to this story. His story was a great one. Um, I inspire anybody who's out there who can resonate with these stories to apply them and don't be afraid to change. Um, Change is always happening every day and don't be afraid of it. This guy's a, a walking... Uh, testimony of how you can really transform your life from from the bottom to man the guy's killing it right now and if you were to see him in his physical form you'd know exactly what i'm talking about so totally uh grateful for all you guys thank you and peace peace